Welcome to Expat Views on ADR Eva, a podcast about simplifying the traditional African method of selling disputes or alternative dispute resolution in a bid to attract more users to settle their disputes or conflicts with these alternatives, mediation, arbitration, negotiation, conciliation, and early neutral evaluation. My name is Chinwe Ebunike, a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Brighton, United Kingdom, and a fellow of the American Bar Association section of dispute resolution. I am excited to welcome Mrs. Achara Cole to the EVA show. She is the AG Director of the Lagos Multi-Dog Courthouse. LMDC is the first multi-dog courthouse or court-connected ADR center in Africa. Mrs. Cole has national and regional experience building ADR mechanisms and capacity. She consulted for the Judiciary of Kenya and the International Development Law Organization on a project to support the implementation of the Sustaining Judiciary Transformation Blueprint. She is a CEDAR accredited mediator, arbitrator, ADR, and restorative justice trainer. Mrs. Cole, Mrs. Cole wears many hats, so I've left the link to her profile from below. Let me stop sharing it. Thank you so very much for honoring the invitation. Thank you. Thank you, Chinwe. It's a pleasure to be here today. I know you're so busy, so without wasting um, much of your time. So the first question is, um, what is the role of the LMDC? Well, the role of the Lagos Multidog Courthouse, which is the first court-connected alternative dispute resolution center in Africa and was established in um, 2002. So in, in 2022, we were 20 years. So it's, it's been a long road. And primarily, the Lagos Multidoc Courthouse was set up um, to promote qualitative access to justice. Qualitative, and, and that is our focus. Is actually, uh, I'm talking about our mission. Qualitative access to justice through effective, timely, and user-friendly ADR channels. So we're very particular about making this qualitative experience an effective through, through effective means, through very timely means and user-friendly such that anyone, typically yes, anyone actually across the divide can use our services. So that's what we do, providing access to justice okay. through, through ADR channels. Yeah. Okay. So that's... Uh, more into the ADR channels. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, you can, can go. Yeah. So the ADR channels we use really are mediation, yeah. Arbitration, neutral evaluation. And um recently we added on restorative justice. Yeah. You know, because also it's another add-on to enable people to have access to justice. So you find out that the systems or the doors, because it's the Lagos multi-door courthouse, the doors yeah. we are using are the doors that give you access to justice. People ask, what is this Lagos multi-door? What are the doors about? So just make yeah. it easy. Just so that they're ADR channels, which yeah. are the channels I've shown. Now you can't use any of these doors. You can use hybrids of these doors yeah. to resolve your dispute. So that in essence is, is what we do in terms of dispute resolution. In addition, yeah. we train. Now, hmm. the training came about because we found out that uh, we need to have people who are well-trained in these areas, particularly yeah. we train mediation and mediation advocacy. So we had to develop... Um, a training model. Actually, it's um, Professor Uwazi that was yeah. consulted 
um, by that did the consultancy with a British Council and developed a manual which we've improved over time. Yeah. And it is beautiful. It's a beautiful manual that we use because it is based on the experiences that are localized within Nigeria and mm-hmm. also internationally. So it's just a wonderful combination. Yeah. Um, so we train people to become mediators and the primary thrust of that training was to get people for a panel of neutrals. So that's how we started out. Oh, you know? wow. And then eventually we've gone into training people who represent clients in mediation. So it's not just enough to be a good, to have good mediators on the panel. Yeah. We also need people who represent clients. So you didn't hear me say lawyers, all kinds of people come <laughs> to represent their clients. So you could yeah. have lawyers, you could have engineers, you could have different people across different professions who sit with the parties in the room. They need to understand what that mediation is about. So we now run mediation advocacy training. So those are the two main thrusts of what we do. Hmm. Dispute resolution and then a lot of training. We also now train in restorative justice. So you see, we're building whatever we do ultimately is linked to providing qualitative access to justice through effective, friendly and user-friendly ADR channels. So that's that's the essence of what Lagos Multidor Court House is. All right. Thank you so very much. That's quite insightful. Uh, you touched on restorative justice. I don't have time, but I'm still going to maybe have an interview with you or you know, some other um, um, <laughs> uh, members of the LMDC um, to um, know more about restorative justice because this is a new door, you know, not a yeah. new door because I actually researched on that um, during my... Um, 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 PhD days. So I would also want to find out more about restorative justice um, thus far. So um, how has, um, so what is the role of LMDC in consigning workplace conflicts here? So, you know, you know, workplace conflicts typically are, um, if you look at the court structure, you will see that the National Industrial Court is seized with um, I say the jurisdiction to, to deal with workplace disputes. So you would find that the state courts wouldn't entertain workplace disputes because okay. those cases go to the National Industrial Court. However, mediation is not bound by jurisdiction. No. The Lagos Multi-Door Courthouse can, and all the Multi-Door Courthouses can handle workplace courts, and we do handle workplace um, um, disputes. So they do come to us. Where you might, the question that typically arises then is at what is the end result? So mm. you handle the workplace conflict, yeah. you get to the terms of settlement, and those terms of settlement, where, where are they enforced? Are they now enforced in the High Court or mm-hmm. the National Industrial Court? So we're working, you know, the National Industrial Court now has its own alternative dispute resolution center. So we're working on a synergy with them to see that how our um, uh, terms of settlement can get enforced within the National Industrial Court, just to situate mm. it within jurisdiction. Yeah. So that's how the Lagos Multidoc Court, and then sometimes and many a times actually doesn't get to the point of enforcement. Mm. So we handle these cases, it ends at the point of signing terms of settlement, which in themselves, without having to go back to court, become a contract between the parties mm. and are enforceable ultimately where there is a default. So the Lagos Multidoc Court is able to handle uh, workplace conflicts. I hope that 
right. Thank you so much. So um, why does the trade dispute part um, prohibit disputing parties from bringing their grievances directly before any arbitral body without consulting first with the Minister of Trade? Now, you know, you know, for trade disputes, uh, there's, there, there needs to be regulation. There needs to be regulation without taking away, um, without taking away the ability of the trade disputing parties yeah. to engage with one another. So for every country, there will be that structure. I'm sure if you go across jurisdictions, you will see that there's that structure where the government can intervene. Hmm? Yeah. However, the trade dispute in itself also provides that the parties who are disputing, whatever trade disputing parties there might be, they can use whatever mechanism is written into their contracts. Yeah. Are you with me? So they yeah. can, it, it, despite the fact that you say you need to consult the minister, it, the same trade dispute act says, if you have already put a mechanism into your contract, then you can work with that mechanism to resolve your dispute. Hmm. So it doesn't take away your ability to resolve your dispute. The reason for putting that particular provision is to guide so that there is some coordination and that the trade minister understands what is going on, which is important for the structure of, of the country as a whole. Um, that, that, that's why. So it doesn't take it away from them. They can use, they can insert, and it's important they actually do insert yeah. in their contracts, whatever contracts that binds them, that the first thing they would do, for instance, would be to go to mediation or to mm. go to negotiation, you know, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So once you do that, the, the Trade Dispute Act enables you immediately to have recourse to that provision you have made. Mm. Okay, so another question. Mm -hmm. I still want to understand how this works. Is then why does the labor uh, minister of labor have much power to investigate and solve any trade disputes that might occur? Okay, same, 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 yeah. um, same thing. The minister of labor, he, it's it's his ministerial responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, let's take any trade dispute that is yeah. going on. You know, you know the capacity that trade disputes have to take on a life of their own. And it can actually lead to um, a lot of unrest. So the first point of call, for instance, let's, let, me, let me make it this way. Yeah. If you have an, a company, within the company, let's take it at the company level. First mm -hmm. of all, you have a grievance and you're an employee. You wouldn't first of all take your grievance to the court, right? Or you wouldn't take your grievance, maybe even to the Lagos Multidoc Courthouse first. Yeah. You would work with the systems that exist under the grievance um, policies or HR policies okay. of that organization. So that's how it works for a, a company. So you can see the structure. Yeah. They will work those those mechanisms. And then if that doesn't work, you can have recourse to maybe somewhere like the Lagos Multidoc Courthouse or a dispute resolution center. Yeah. You know, definitely, you probably are not headed to the court, except you're on your way out. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing for the Minister of Labor. You, mm -hmm. you, it, it's imagine that the Minister of Labor is the CEO yeah. of all labor institutions. Yeah. That's who he is. 
So he has to understand what is going on. He has to intervene. They have to have a conversation around it before you then take an action. It doesn't preclude you from taking the action, but he needs to know what's going on. He needs to guide it. He needs to find out if he can resolve it. Yeah. He needs to understand it within the premises of the Trade Act. So that, that's the reason why really it's not mm -hmm. precluding anyone from taking steps to resolve their disputes. Okay, so you would say that parties are not under um, pressure to settle due to the ministers. Um, on no, the not at all. Okay. That, that, that's not the interpretation I have. Okay. They're not under any pressure. pressure. They can explore the provisions of the trade disputes that it doesn't compel them to settle in the manner that the Minister of Labor says they should. Mm -hmm. They just said he should, he can investigate. He needs to, he needs yeah. to find out what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And to that extent, get involved. That's his work. Yeah. Get involved, find out if it can be resolved, but it doesn't preclude those parties from taking next necessary steps that they need to if mm. that doesn't work. Okay, okay. All right, so thank you so very much for that. So to what extent are employees encouraged to settle discrimination, bullying, and harassment in the workplace? Okay, so in, in workplaces, I think these issues have become more and more in 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 public domain, bullying yeah. and harassment, you know, so you find out that grievance procedures are providing for how these issues can be dealt with within the workplace. Recently, um, even sexual harassment, the yeah. Nigerian Bar Association just worked on a sexual harassment policy for the Nigerian Bar Association to tell oh. you that not just companies, um, associations are beginning to craft out policies that guide what should be done. So to what extent can an employee um, have recourse when this thing happens? Go straight to your policy. Now, not everyone has. Yeah. So you find out that it does happen in, I wanted to say smaller institutions, but it's not just smaller, even large institutions or large organizations may not still have it. You know, but so for those that don't have it, of course, it's, it's HR you go to. Yeah. You go straight to the HR yeah. department, whatever system. But I, I must say, more um, engagement needs to be had with, or more information needs to be pushed out that HR departments should create these policies. In fact, we had a company approach us recently. That's the Lagos Multidoc Courthouse to say, can you help us design a grievance policy? So it just okay. lets us know that more and more this is becoming very important. So once you have the policy, you have recourse to the policy and you work with that. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much. How about private organizations? How does it work, you know, with them when for, it comes to workplace conflict? For the employee? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. They hmm. work with okay. the policies. Yes, it's the same yeah. thing. You okay. work with those policies, whether private, public. They have policies. So the only challenge, like I've mentioned, is when they don't have policies, hmm. therein there lies the challenge. Because we see such cases. Such cases end up in Lagos Multidoc Courthouse okay. because there's no policy. There's no recourse to any policy. So they have to probably report to HR. HR really does its best. Yeah. But it ends there. You talk to the CEO or you talk to your next line manager. Yeah. It's not working. So they eventually maybe leave the institution and then begin to um, prosecute from outside hmm. so that's for those who do not have policies within but where they have policies it typically works out um but it's not fail proof 
sometimes it doesn't work out. You still mm. see them at the multi-door courthouse or at in court. Yeah. They get to court. Mm. So 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 that that's what it is really. All right, thank you so much. I think we still have more time. Please, can you touch more on restorative justice? <laughs> I'm using so you've gone there. One stone to kill. Okay. Two okay. stones. One stone to kill. Two beds. One yeah, stone. yeah, yeah. I got it right. <laughs> That's all right. What What would you like me to speak on about restorative so how justice? Do, so how does um what cases do go to the restorative justice? How does it work? You know, essentially. So, uh, restorative justice now, let me speak for Lagos State. Yes, ma'am. It began in full essence. It's, it's been in the works for years in terms of developing a structure. And then finally, in 2019, or thereabouts, um, the Honorable Chief Judge of Lagos State passed a practice direction um, on restorative justice. Now that practice direction is one. Secondly, um, there was a steering committee put together by the Ministry of Justice, Lagos State, which now incorporated, of course, the Ministry of Justice, which will have the DPP, the OPD, people from academia, Lagos multi-door courthouse, and a number of people who are who, who worked on developing a structure for restorative justice in Lagos State. So currently, there's a practice direction. There's a draft bill on restorative justice. So just to give you just a very brief background yeah. on where we are. Not only that, the Ministry of Justice now has a restorative justice hub, um, which coordinates uh, and is responsible for policies, which coordinates all restorative justice um, activities in legal state, you know, because you're going to be dealing with criminal cases. It needs to be coordinated mm. at the center. Yeah. So there's a restorative justice hub for that. Hmm? Hmm. So that's that's where we are in terms of structure. There might hmm. be a couple of things I may have missed out. Yeah. Now, how does it work? Yes. Right now, um, the Ministry of Justice, the, the restorative justice hub is the one responsible for um getting for, for coordinating cases. Let, let me put it that they coordinate all the cases. Yeah. The cases come either from the court, the magistracy, not the high court. And mm -hmm. the reason for that is because the practice direction I referred to particularly restricted restorative justice to minor offenses. So minor offenses um, exclude capital offenses. They exclude kidnapping, terrorism, um, finance-related um, crimes, you know. So capital offenses, have been excluded. So it's only minor offenses that can, and it's not because uh, restorative justice isn't used for all types of crimes. It's just because we are starting out and we want to restrict ourselves to minor offenses. Okay. Uh, so you get referrals from the magistracy. You also get pre-charge referrals. So, you know, the, at the magistracy level, you would already have the cases charged to court. But you also have cases that are pre-charge or that is cases that have been reported at the police station. Yeah, okay. So referrals come to the police station. So during um, the, the Rule of Law and Anti-Corruption Program of British Council actually sponsored the training of um, magistrates, police, 
Lagos multi-door courthouse mediators um, through um, that's myself, Mrs. Cole, Mrs. Aroyo, Dr. Bello. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we were called to put together the first restorative justice manual for Nigeria. Mm. So there's a restorative justice manual, which we yeah. use to train. So you find out that because referrals are going to be coming from the police, from the magistracy, they've all been trained on how, how to conduct a restorative justice session. Yeah. So now the referrals come from these, these people and, and then they go to the hub. The hub then contacts the um, offender and the victim. So restorative justice, you know, focuses on minor crimes, minor, minor yeah. offenses, and it deals with an offender or offenders and victims of victim or victims. And the aim is to restore in essence, the victim as much as possible to the state they were before the crime was committed. And it's also premised on the fact that the restorative, the, the offender should accept responsibility. So it's not a mediation. Yeah. You, you will find mm -hmm. out that you hear things like um, the processes used, victim offender mediation, circles, family conferencing. So if you hear mediation, it's not mediation. Hmm. It is the offender taking responsibility. And the restorative justice facilitator asks questions that make the offender questions like, what were you thinking about when you did this? Hmm. And how do you feel about it now? What do you want to see happen next? Those are just a couple of restorative justice questions that I'm mentioning. And they ask this question, both to the offender and to the victim. Because there's a process that they need to go through. They need to process what happened. He needs to, and, and the essence at the end of the day is to see that um, there is reformation and um, the healing takes place. If the healing can take place, we always say healing can't take place, it can't take place, you can't force it. But yeah. let it, let that opportunity be there, yeah. which is not there in the typical criminal justice system. The typical mm. criminal justice system you would find that the case says COP, COP, right? Commissioner of yeah, Police. Commissioner of Police, yeah. yeah. So the victim's name is not even there. The victim doesn't even have an opportunity to have a conversation with the offender and say, why did you do this to me? Why did you mm -hmm. seek me out? Why mm -hmm. is it his or her car that was attacked? These questions are very important for, for the victim to move on. And even mm -hmm. for the offender. It's not oh. only about the victim, even for the offender. The offender to know and, and, and think about the reasons for why he did what he did and then take responsibility. Hmm. So um, I'm, I'm talking in different ways, but I hope you're getting... Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so that's where we have. I've, I've said how the cases get referred. Mm -hmm. I've touched on the essence of restorative justice, what, what it's about. Yeah. So these cases get referred to the hub. And then the hub then sends these cases to people to institutions like the Lagos Multi-Door Courthouse, Citizens Mediation Center. So it's a hub. Okay. It doesn't necessarily, and then even to individuals. Hmm. So people have been trained, you know, so, but the hub is there to coordinate, to ensure that this process is ethical because hmm. in criminal case, you don't want to re-victimize the victim. It must be done in a specific manner, which is hmm. the trainings I talked about. 
So I, I hope that is helpful. Anyway. Oh yes. Oh, I'm so grateful that you you, you know you um educated us on restorative justice. I don't even want you to end. But I also wanted to ask a question: Who and who gets to be trained? Is it magistrates? Is it mediators? Or anybody can be um trained anyone as a trained. oh anyone oh. can be trained. Okay, yeah. so how many cases have, um, so far have, have you handled, have, um, the LMDC handled so far? At the LMDC, we have handled less than 20. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes, I would say less than 20. at the hub, much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the hub, much more. You yeah. know, they are sending cases to different institutions. Institutions, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I don't know about the figures from the hub. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah. how, how about the success rate? Well, the success rate, I think we had about, um, I don't want to give wrong figures. Yeah. Was it five over nine I saw? Ooh, I think so. That's great. Yes. That's Typically, great. once you have the offender um, admit responsibility and is willing to speak, willing to speak with the victim, yeah. there's, there's some progress made. Mm. And that's why that's the premise in the first place. You know, but that doesn't mean it always settles. Sometimes yeah, the victim doesn't want to engage. Yeah. Sometimes the victim has expectations that the offender cannot meet. Hmm. Interesting. The victim says, stole my car and I want five million back. And the offender says, I don't have five million. And the the real reason the victim is coming is for money. Hmm. Not just closure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so very much. And so how about, um, I was thinking about the, um, one of the findings of my research was that um, lawyers are yet to embrace um, ADR. So how far um, with this, is this still yes. the same? Well, I don't know. I don't want to say that. In fact, yes. I can't say that. And okay. I have a different view. I think you've come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure your research is statistics. Based. Yeah. However, yeah. my experience at Lagos Multi Door Courthouse is yeah. lawyers, so it's relative, right? It's yeah. Relative when you see lawyers yeah. don't want it's relative because if we look at when we started out in 2002, it was a lot more peculiar work to yeah. get counsel to come because at that time, it, mediation wasn't seen as, as something done within a structured environment people felt ah, i know mediation now so you know i know mm -hmm. this and but over the years i've said it's been 20 years we've got a lot of buy-in we have the nigerian bar association actually in um engagements with mediation advocacy organizations you know so i feel there's a lot of buy-in if that doesn't mean we still don't yeah. need more work because we still have lawyers who will say I will fight it out in court, but that's getting really more and more out of the door, particularly mm. because the Lagos state, uh, what, what we have is that right from inception, when your case is filed in court, that's why we have the ADR track for the Lagos state judiciary. Yeah. You know about the ADR track, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So once you file your case, which is managed by the Lagos multi-door courthouse, yeah. once you file your case at the high court, the case is screened by the Lagos Multi-Door Courthouse to determine suitability to ADR. Hmm. So right in the court itself, lawyers are faced with ADR and they're just getting used to it. In fact, many times they come and say, you haven't given, we, we need a date. 
Hmm. I want a different matter. I mean, I'm not talking about a matter in court. I'm talking yeah. about a matter in mediation yeah. so that they can take the terms to the court. It's a hmm. lot faster. So yeah. I guess there's a lot more buying now. Hmm. All right. Thank you so very much for that. So final question is, um, what is your advice for um people pursuing a career in ADR? Hmm. Okay. Uh, this is all I practically... Not all. Yeah. Since I left law school, this is primarily, this has primarily been my focus. Mm. It has been on mediation, arbitration, neutral evaluation, now restorative justice. Yeah. And I recall that when I started out, um, I wanted to go to a law firm to practice. I never did, apart yeah. from chamber attendance. <laughs> so, Mr. Akende, I know I was working with him. He's 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 yeah. the founder of the yeah yeah. I started yeah. With him. He just kept saying, "This is a life on its own, and it has really taken on a life of its own." So for those who want to pursue a career in in ADR, there's so much to do, not just in public sector, in the private sector. There are institutions now or law firms now that are solely ADR firms. That's what they do hmm. because. People need, people actually need, um, people actually need, hello, hello. Yeah, I can hear you, yeah, yeah, yeah. People actually need um, advisory services. Yeah. I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of calls from people asking, I have this um, ADR clause. Can you interpret it for me? Hmm. The multi-door court has get so much requests no. on what do I do? I have a dispute. What do I do? So anyone who wants to pursue a career, there's so much from advisory to actually being the mediator or being the um, facilitator for different organizations. It's just a spectrum. It's a broad spectrum. Is it arbitration? It's so yeah. needed now. Neutral evaluation, we're embarking. I'm not going to tell you about that one. I'm embarking on another one. <laughs> so there's a white <laughs> There's a wide spectrum. <laughs> I know you <laughs> delve into that. So I just <laughs> so there's a wide spectrum. Just uh -huh. find out where the needs are. And there are many. There are many needs mm. for ADR. Mm. Even the case managers as well. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, manager. thank you so very much. Um. Um. So I thought I mean I don't want this to stop, but you know we have to go because of time and because of your work as well. So um, this has been a, a masterclass. Um, thank you so very much for coming on the show the second time. The second time. So I'm truly, truly grateful. You know that you've been able to simplify um area in workplace conflict uh, in Nigeria and also giving um gave um an insight on restorative justice as well. So it's been um, very um, educative, interesting, and um, yeah. exciting at the same time. Thank you so very much. I'm so grateful. And, so thank you. And to my um, audience, um, listeners, thank you so very much for your constant support. Stay tuned for same time on ADR and workplace conflict, Nigerian perspective. <laughs> All right, bye-bye, Ma. Bye. Yes, take care. Don't have a